Echo 5, do you copy? Echo 5. Echo 2, good morning. Nice of you to drop by. Feeling alright, sir? Thought we lost you. Right now, I feel like I can take off this whole podcast myself. Ah, I know what you mean. Ready to send that transmission to Echo Base? Yes, sir. R10, pass through. Alright guys, welcome to another episode of the Hoth Transmissions. We're continuing our adventure through the Book of Boba, and we'll be discussing Chapter 5, and we get a special character that jumps in. But before we go into that, we kind of want to jump in a little bit of the, the news that's circling around. Uh, for any of you gamers out there, there's tons of cool games that are going to be coming out. Um, have you heard any of those titles yet? Uh, yes, dude. Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga is going to be one of the best games. I'm calling it now. It's going to be one of the best games of all time. So hyped I am for this. Dude, I know. I already have it pre-ordered on uh, Best Buy. You get like this cool steelbook of uh, what's his face? Uh, Han Solo and Carbonite. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked for that. I originally was going to get it through GameStop and then I saw someone bust it. I didn't even really research. I was just like, okay, just get it through GameStop and then I saw an ad for Best Buy. I'm like, GameStop canceled. Going over to Best Buy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still the de- one with that. Oh, sorry. Oh no, I was just gonna say I'm still deciding which uh, system to get it on. Dude, I love the Pro controller for Switch. It's so, it's so um, comfortable in your hands. That is true. Most of the time when I play the Switch, though, it's usually the handheld. Just because I'm used to Game Boy and all those, the Game Boy Advance, the DS, and so oh, to yeah, me, like yeah. playing. A Nintendo like system that's handheld, it's just very nostalgic. That's what I've been doing for uh, what was it? Uh, Pokemon Diamond, I believe. I think Brilliant Diamond is the one I'm playing. Hmm. Yeah, and so I put it on my, I put it on the docking station to where I projected on the the TV, and it just felt a little bit weird for me. I guess it's too big. <laughs> oh no, um, you're playing Arceus, right? Uh, I am playing Arceus as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but dude, but as a kid, that's always what I wanted. I wanted to put the uh, the Pokemon games on the TV. I mean, that's what I always wanted too. But now that I have it, it's like uh, nostalgic. <laughs> nostalgia throws yeah. it on the handheld. And it's easier too. It's more convenient. In your hands. It is, especially with the whole motion system. Like I was playing it on the screen. And I was trying to aim a Pokeball, and the screen moved with my hand, and I was like, "Oh, this is annoying," because I couldn't get it right because I'm not used to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also, I want to talk about a little bit of uh, EA's team up with Respawn. So there's going to be a lot of cool games coming from them. I think they announced like four of them from them. Four from EA? I didn't know that. Yeah, it's because uh, teaming up with Respawn. Okay. Okay. Well, but, and but I know the ones that are confirmed right now that there's Ubisoft. They have their massive open world Star Wars game, which they haven't mm-hmm. really announced anything on it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh. Then we have Star Wars Hunters. We have Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga, Natural Republic remake, Jedi Fallen Order 2, 
and then Eclipse, which might be the Ubisoft thing. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, no, I think I don't think that is the, the Ubisoft. I, oh, no, I no, gonna... that, that, that's done by Respawn because it's going to be similar to uh, Detroit became, Become Human. That's is it? Gameplay. Eclipse is uh, Respawn as well? I believe so. Okay, okay. That's good. Dude, I'd, I, I still want a Battlefront 3. I don't know if that's ever going to get made, but that'd be sick. I'm, I'm hoping. And yeah, it looks like uh, Star Wars Eclipse is done by Respawn. Nice. Yeah, no, Battlefront 3 with like a true, you know, every character, every map, you know, the ultimate Star Wars game. Like, that'd be, that'd be I mean, sick. That's, that would be sick, but it'd be very, very hard for them to do just with the whole memory space thing. Like, it was easier back in the day. Yeah, but they did, but back in the day, man, they really did. The old Battlefront 2 pretty much accomplished that. Yeah, um, I mean, I would love to see more characters. I'd love to see Ahsoka and some more Clone Wars characters involved. And Mando. Let's get Mando in there. Oh, yeah, Mando. Get some Mando and uh, updated Boba Fett with Fennec. Yeah, yeah, that'd be sick. You know what? Yeah, just keep doing DLCs. Battlefront 2 is amazing. Just keep doing DLCs. Yes, that's a good idea. I like the combat. Some people don't like the combat on BF2, but I think it's sick. I like it. Yeah, I've always enjoyed it. I've liked it since the beginning, but a lot of people had a lot of complaints because uh, it was a pay-to-win. But I remember I discussed it before. Well, that's, like, that's I, fair. I, I, got yeah. it, I got it in the beginning. I didn't pay-to-win, and I still beat down anybody who spent tons of money to get all the special characters and all. Just because you got money doesn't mean you have skill. So Yeah. A lot, true, of, not true, a, true. a lot of people neglected that, that whole balance there. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, so really cool stuff. Uh, also... It's in a little bit in rumor territory, but an employee might have spoiled the release of Kenobi. He was saying, our very own Kenobi will be saying, hello there, May 2022. Yeah, and I mean, at the very least, uh, Lucasfilm already said it's coming out in spring. I mean, that's confirmed spring 2022, yeah. so it's probably going to be May or, or June, so it's coming up yeah. pretty soon. So I'm wondering if he's like referencing, like, we'll get a trailer in May because of celebration. Yeah. And then released right after. Or he could be around saying that we're actually gonna be getting the the episode or the, the season. I mean it would be a perfect release for May the fourth. Oh yeah. Yeah that'd be sick. And then I believe Andor season two has already been confirmed. Or it's in the works. Andor season two? Yeah. Dang, okay. Nice. Which I'm kind of excited for. I'm kind of curious to see a little bit of the rougher side of the rebellion. Oh yeah, no, I think that'll be cool. And um, between episode three and episode four is just a cool time frame. A cool it is because we don't have too much of it. Yeah, and that's why Kenobi is going to be so so special. Mm-hmm. And that's why I really liked uh, Rebels. That's for that reason. It was a time frame that we're not used to. Yeah. Yeah. But. A lot of cool news going through, and we got only three months away until we're in celebration, and then we're gonna have tons more news. So we'll be we'll be sure to cover a lot of that, and we're gonna have a lot of cool content before then. Yeah, so, yeah, no, we got we got plenty of ideas. We've been cooking up some ideas huh, between uh, shows that we could do for Star Wars, just general Star Wars stuff. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. So keep an eye out for that, guys. Um, so let's jump into what you guys are here for. 
we are going to jump into chapter five of the Book of Boba. All right, so at the end of chapter four, we heard the Mandalorian from Planet Flying. We all knew that we're going to get to see Mando. I didn't expect to see as much of Mando as they gave us, but I'm not complaining. Mm. Yeah, we got we got a freaking. Uh, I mean, this was a Mandalorian episode. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Like we get to see him walk into what looks like this butcher's place. Look like it. Not exactly sure what they're doing there. Maybe money laundering. I don't know. Maybe like a little business setup. And Mando just oh, comes in. Yeah. Just walks in. and He's like, "I'm looking for this guy. Well, if I see him, I'll be sure to to tell you." And Mando's like, "No, the guy that I'm looking for is you." Oh yeah. And he throws and... on that like the little fob and has like the picture of him. He's like, "Oh crap!" And then he throws in the whole famous line of, "I could bring you in warm. Or I could bring you in cold." <laughs> yeah, call back to the first. I think that was the first episode of Mando when he said that. Yeah, his very first line, I believe. And so it's kind of yeah, cool that they reiterated it here. Yeah, and then we got to see the Darksaber in action. But we'll start building that thing. I knew that as soon as I saw the guy bite his hand, I knew that that was like their excuse to pull out the Darksaber and let us see, see it in action. Yeah, and, and I, liked, um, I liked the fact that they didn't make him... Um, what am I, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, perfectly skilled at using it yet. You know, you have, you have to do some training. You know, Jedi train a lot to use lightsabers. You know what, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's kind of like my little, like, query about it. It's like, he had the Biscar Spear. He was fighting really well with it. Mm. And then he gets the Darksaber, which is supposed to be lighter because it's just a beam of light. Yeah. But as he's swinging it, it looked like he was struggling with the weight of it. And I was... Very confused about that. Well, as we learn later on, I still don't know why, but we learn later on that he's like fighting the blade or something. But remember, it gets heavy when he's when he's practicing with the with the girl, Mando. I think it's like the the burden of it. Yeah. So I. Yeah. And so he's fighting against it. That's kind of what they're saying. But I don't know. A little interesting because I know uh, Pasquale had a little bit struggle with it once he picked it up. So maybe if, the dark saber is something different than an actual lightsaber. That's what I was gonna say. I wonder if a Jedi picked up the dark saber. So is that a whole different thing? Like they couldn't just they couldn't just swing that around like a lightsaber. I don't know. Maybe like a Jedi ha- uses the force to help him swing it, or I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But Han Solo seemed to be able to handle Luke's saber pretty well. And oh yeah, Empire Strikes Back. And uh, Finn was and Finn, yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's gotta be something a little different about the dark saber that we don't know much about. Maybe it has to do with uh, the burden and the pressure of it. Yeah, but but man, that opening fight scene. I was watching that with my family. We were go- we were going crazy. I like how brutal it was. He uh, he sliced the guy's head. He's like, wait, no, no. First of all, he sliced sliced the guy in half, uh, and then he sliced his head off. That was crazy. Yeah, I I was pretty pretty stunned by that. Like a lot of people, like I know my buddy uh, Echo Echo Five. He's been wanting to see a Jedi go against like stormtroopers, actually see them chop them up and everything like that. Yeah. And so we finally actually get to see this guy get Amanda just like, yep, chopping you in half. Yeah. Because most of the time that we see anybody get chopped in half, it's usually like the droids from the prequels. Yeah, true. And so true. here we get a little bit more and some a little bit more of the brutal aspect of lightsabers. 
Uh, since this was, uh, I mean, to me, this was basically just a Mandalorian episode. I, it almost seems like Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the some people were saying two point five. Yeah. Um, but I think Mandalorian is a little more brutal than Boba Fett, from what I've seen so far. You know, let's wait till the finale. The war is going to be kind of crazy, but. Well, I mean, the difference between Mando and Boba is <clears throat> Boba's trying to earn respect. Yeah. Mando just doesn't care. True, true. Mando's just like, I'm just trying to get my money, and I'm done. Boba's actually not trying to stir the pot too much. Hmm. And so I'll reiterate what I've been saying in like the last few episodes. I feel Boba's just holding back, letting Fennec do all the hard work. Yeah. Also, I, uh, I wonder. I, I wonder if Mando's more violent uh, without Grogu. Could be. I mean, because when Grogu was with him, he was a lot more docile, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And now he's like, "Yep, got, I, I don't have to worry about the, the little kid being around, so I can just do my thing." Yeah. And they were. What, what were they in a butcher shop? That's what uh, I was thinking. Yeah, I think it was like a, a butcher shop, but that was kind of cool to see in Star Wars. I guess they got to eat too, right? In the Star Wars universe. Yeah. So we get like kind of a little bit more background on that, which is cool. Uh, so once he kills this guy, he just kind of walks out there. He's like, all right, I'm not going to kill you guys, but there's tons of money I'm not claiming. So go take what you deserved. Yeah, I think that's a smart move for him because I don't think he would have been able to take him on with that wound. Yeah, yeah, true. Because I like that he burned himself. That was like very realistic. Oh yeah, and it looked it looked realistic too. The the um, the burn. Yeah, I wonder if it was CGI or if they did it like practical, but it looked realistic. Oh no, def- that was definitely practical. You can definitely oh, yeah. tell. Yeah, yeah, looked, looked pretty good. And then we come out and we get kind of like this cool shot of the Halo ring. Dudes, yes. I, some people didn't like it. I feel like in Star Wars you're going to get a bunch of... People are always not going to like stuff, but I thought that was cool. I mean, I honestly did too. Like, the first time I saw it, I was like, man, this is actually really cool. Reminds me of Halo, but... Yeah. Well, it was pretty dude, cool. It was, it was like copy and paste it from Halo. I thought Halo was going to sue him, but then I was researching it, and I found out that... Um, that, that didn't originate from Halo either. Halo got that from some book from the 70s or something. Yeah, the Ring Planet or something. Yeah, so. But either way, it was pretty cool because it kind of gives you like a different aspect of the Star Wars universe. Like, we think of mainly people just being on planets and whatnot. Here we get, I mean, we get a sense of the Death Star being a space station that people habitate on it. So we get a different type of space station that people are living on. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was cool. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I mean, like you said, not everybody's going to like everything, but I thought it was cool. Also, throughout this whole episode, it seems like there was quite a uh, a big budget for the episode. I mean, the, the all the scenes in space, the the spaceships, the the Halo ring. I mean, it, it looked like movie quality to me. It looked pretty good. Honestly, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I, the whole episode did feel like it was a movie. Yeah, yeah. And, and so then he just goes and tries to he. Oh, that's right, because he was carrying the head. I just thought that whole scene in the elevator was pretty funny. The guy's just kind of looking at him, and then it kind of steps away a little bit. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I also, I like the way that um, that alien looked. And uh, I did, too. I, I thought it was a new one, but actually it's from, I found out it's from the sequels. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's it, cool. I, can't, I can't remember what movie, but. 
one of the three. Yeah. Uh, I do like that they're kind of tying everything in together. I know we got a lot of issues with sequels, but I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff that came out of it. A lot of uh, character designs, a lot of, a lot of other stuff. Well, yeah. Well, and, that's a that's the thing I love about this whole um, Favreau and Filoni universe. They have that they incorporate everything together. And okay, so this isn't trashing the sequels, but I mean, this was just this is just fact. It, they didn't have nearly any prequel content that they, they, they wanted to make uh they want to replicate the original trilogy feeling you, you could tell that when when i watch those movies they, they didn't want to have a whole bunch of prequel content in there but um mandalorian and boba fett incorporates everything prequels sequels originals everything even even clone wars even the animated shows too yeah very true and that's one thing i liked about the force awakens is that they mentioned the the clones it was very brief, but they mentioned it. Yeah, I don't remember. And then that's all you hear about the, the prequels. Yeah, yeah. Carter's talking to uh, the Hutch, and, and uh, Hutch is like, uh, he's like, wait, would you prefer a bunch of clones? Or something like that. I forget the line. But, oh, shoot. Yeah. Yeah, it was, a, it was a little jab towards Kylo. Hmm. Trying to piss him off, and it, and it worked. Yeah, Kylo's a little... Uh... A little anxious in that movie. Yeah, very much so. An unstable Skywalker, kind of, which I kind of like. Is they kind of with the this whole unstable crystal, his unstable blade kind of matched his personality. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. But hey, the, hey, you probably know the answer to this. This could be a whole other conversation, but I wonder why they don't just clone Jedi. If they could clone any, can they can they clone anybody? That's what I was wondering, but I mean, I think that's what Palpatine was trying to do because he was kidnapping a bunch of Jedi children and doing experiments on them. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Because they, they did it, they kind of touched upon it in the Clone Wars. Okay. There's like a whole episode where Palpatine hires Cad Bane, and Cad Bane's going kidnapping children, and then you see Palpatine is in like this room full of like baby younglings, and He's trying to do something with them. And I think that's like part of his experiments of trying to clone the Jedi. And instead yeah, he maybe, settled on Jingo. Maybe it's harder to like clone um like the force blood. The force, I guess, but I was always thinking like if if they're cloning uh, you know, regular troopers, why not just clone the Jedi? Maybe it's maybe it's more it's harder to do or something. I don't know. I feel like the the force chooses who it goes into. I don't think like you can clone a Jedi and they'd come out force sensitive also. Mm. I'm not sure I'm not exactly sure that's how it works. Yeah. As I'll quote yeah, that, would, uh, that would make sense. As I'll quote yeah, as I as I'll quote Han Solo, that's not how the force works. <laughs> well, except for in the sequel trilogy because Palpatine was cloned. Uh, you know what? That is true. So <laughs> but but I mean if you look at it this way, because his mentality he was able to transfer his mentality into a clone. So I don't know if it comes with his essence and his ability to transfer into another one that his force carries with him. Mm. Or if the clone that he jumps into is force sensitive and he just renews it with that. Yeah. Maybe. Or, or, hey, remember, they, they captured Grogu because they wanted to take his blood or something, right? That's what Moff Gideon was doing. To test it, yeah. Maybe he's trying to take some force power or something for, for the clone of, of Palpatine. Who knows? I don't know. Who I knows? feel like uh, Gideon was acting on his own. I don't think he was part of the main the main uh, group. Mm. Uh, it's possible. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what his whole his whole agenda was, but <clears throat> maybe he was trying to get he had the dark saber. Maybe he was trying to find a way to acquire the force to himself, and that's what the <laughs> studies were. Yeah, dang, that'd be crazy. Yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting. Again, I don't think that's how the force works, but I mean, it's cool that they're trying to experiment it with a bunch of civilians that don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, because you got to think of it this way. Because like you look into this whole galaxy during the the prequels, there's only I think like ten thousand Jedi in this vast mm. galaxy of billions and billions of uh, civilians, mm. and there's only ten thousand Jedi. And so that's one thing that's always kind of baffled me is like how rare is it to be a Jedi? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I always thought it was it was very it was pretty rare. And so that kind of just goes on with my whole uh, cloning thing. So, I don't know. Yeah. It's an interesting concept. of something I want to jump into another conversation later because I want to actually kind of do a little bit more research on that and see if it actually was just 10,000 Jedi or that were listed or maybe there's more Force-sensitive that just never made it to be Jedi. Oh, yeah. Be that I'm too. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure there was. I mean, Anakin is lucky he got found, you know? Yeah, but he's creative. He's created. He 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 was meant to be found. Oh, okay. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, you get that whole thing of Palpatine is the father of Anakin because he can manipulate midichlorians to create life. I think that's been debunked, but I still yeah, I still hold on to that like as something that actually happened. Yeah, yeah. Like he was he was meant to be there. Yeah. Well, we're gonna have a Jedi uh, Mandalorian pretty soon. Grogu, man. Training with Luke. Still friends with Mando. Yeah, probably. Give me something interesting. That's for uh, sure. Just like, what's his name? Tar Vizsla? Is that what they said in this episode? Yeah, Tar Vizsla. Uh, he was the Mandalorian Jedi that created the Darksaber. Mm. And he was ancient. He's got to be like thousands of years in the past, right? You would think, but I was... I mean, I don't know how they're going to do it in canon, but I was reading the books, or the I was reading the legends on them, and uh-huh. him and Jingo fought, so he's, oh. not as, he's not as old as we thought he was. Interesting, I, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, Jingo's actually the one that kills him. Damn. <laughs> Dang. And Mace Windu just, just took on Jingo like it was nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. But there's a little bit more Mandalorian honor, I think, yeah. between the two. I mean, I forget what it is. I did a post on it, and basically Tarvisla poisoned Jango. Jango stabbed him, and then a bunch of uh, creatures came and started feeding on Tar while they ignored Jango, and Jango just left. Oh, sh- oh shoot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was a close battle. They both, they both basically killed each They would have killed each other, or Tarvisla would have come out on top. Yeah. If he didn't let his guard down. Yeah. And so I thought it was really cool that they threw his name into this to kind of oh, yeah. him a little bit to bring him right into canon. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he's mentioned in Clone Wars or no. Uh, no, he's not actually. The visit oh, okay. and I think that's where Tar Vizsla became. Uh, lore was during Clone Wars because of uh, pre Vizsla. Okay. Yeah. And so they decided to do this like whole backstory on it. Nice. Nice. And I like that they kind of like fix the rebels' lineage of the saber. Um, 
What do you mean? Because in Mando season two, yeah, season two, they talked about how that you have to win the the dark saber in combat in, in order to be worthy of the the blade. Mm. But Darth Maul gives the dark saber to Ezra, who then gives it to Sabine, who gives it to Bo. There's no combat between any of them to oh, to earn it. Oh. And that's why uh, the armor armor talks so so low about Bo-Katan on it. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. her her path is a tragedy or cursed or whatever. Mm. And talks about how she never won it in combat, so she was never really deserving of it. Mm. And because of that, it brought bad luck to it brought a curse. And mm. so Mando actually wins it in combat, and so now he's he's deserving of the title of Mandalore. So whoever Whoever leads Mandalore is called Mandalore. Yeah, but man, that that armor lady, she's so strict. I mean, Mando won it, but then she says, "You ever take off your helmet?" I mean, Mando only took off his helmet when he had to. He absolutely well, actually, no. When when he said goodbye to Grogu, he didn't have to take it off. Yeah, he wanted to say goodbye to his buddy. But um, yeah, but yeah, and, and then she was like uh, the Empire thing. That Empire yeah, episode. He had to right there though, or else the whole thing was yeah. gonna be his whole mission was gonna be messed up. Yeah, but then after she knew she found out he took his helmet off, she was like, "Get the hell out of here! You're not a Mandalorian yeah. anymore." Yeah, you're an apostate now. And I was thinking the whole thing was like, "No, no, no, no! This guy is basically there to rule Mandalore now because he uh, he possesses the dark saber. He could turn around and yeah. say, no. Get out of here! You're not Mandalorian anymore. Don't you try and steal my title? I'm yeah, your hey, now. Man- yeah, <laughs> exactly. Mando's the king now. He should be like, "Hey, you're not a Mandalorian." We can take off our helmets now. That's how I'm ruling this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So have you met Boba Fett? Have you met Bo-Katan? Have you met, yeah. uh, what is it? Uh, I can't remember the other two Mandalorians that were with Bo-Katan. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but I did like uh, how Paz was uh, challenged Mando for it. Oh, yeah. That was a cool fight, too. I thought they did really well. Yeah, that was a cool little he had a shield and some kind of knife. I don't know what that knife was, but it's a uh, vibro dagger. Oh uh, yeah, what is that? What is that? It's from Metal Little Republic, the vibro blades and the vibro daggers. Oh shoot, yeah, no, that was a cool yeah. little weapon. And so cool. it's vibrating, and that's why they call them vibros, vibro swords or vibro daggers. Nice, dude, that's sick. Yeah, I thought it was pretty sick. I was pretty pretty excited for it. Yeah, um, I, I thought I thought he beat Mando for a sec. And then Mando comes out and he stabs him in the kneecap and the shoulder and yeah, he's wins like, it. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, that was close though. It was a close fight. Uh, also, when Mando was training with the armor, do you know what she was saying? Uh, well, I forgot the dialogue. What were they saying? Uh, she was just counting in uh Man- Mandoa, the Mandela language. Oh yeah, oh, she was just saying Solas, which is one, Tyad, which is two, In, which is three. Kuir, which is four, hmm. and so as he's as he's uh, going through the motions, she's counting out so he knows what direction to go through, and the just to follow along with the training exercise. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, and the Mando word for armor is now word are the word, and it's uh comes from the 2013 book, The Bounty Hunter Code. Hmm. So that's that's legends though, or is that canon? Uh, I mean, that book is Legends, but as they pull stuff out, it becomes canon. Oh, yeah. Just the specific, just the specific, uh, just the specific stuff that they pull out of it. 
Yeah. And, dude, I really liked how they brought in, like, the destruction of Mandalore. The, what was it, the oh, Night of a Thousand Tears? Yeah, that's Which I believe you first see that in Rebels. Yeah, but in live action, that was sick. And the funny thing, I saw your post on Instagram. As soon as I saw that, I was like, bro, this is like Terminator 2. That's exactly what I thought it was, to be honest. Yeah, and I, it's, it was supposed to be that way. It was yeah, like, uh, 100%, 100%. Yeah, it was supposed to be uh, reminiscent of Judgment Day. Hey, hey, we were watching that. My sister was like, she thought the uh, the droids were like the Iron Giants. She thought they were like 100 feet tall. For some reason, <laughs> no. I was like, I was like, wait, what are you talking about? Maybe the angles. Yeah, it must have been the angles, but I, I recognize them. They look like the, the droid from Rogue One. I think that it is the droids from Rogue One. Yeah, it's, K2, it's the K2 unit. Yeah, and so I was like, no. Nah. And she was like, no, you can tell. They're like 100 feet. I'm like, I don't think so. They're like. Yeah, they're called Imperial Security Droids. Yeah. No, but that whole scene was sick, dude. That whole scene was sick. Dude, I loved it. I was, that's the first appearance that you see in Mandalore on live action. Really? Wow. Yeah. So um, I thought, it, I remember I was talking to my buddy. It's like, he, we're talking about like times that we're not seeing live action. Mandalore was like one of the top ones I want to see. I want to see Mandalore. I want to see more Corellia. Well, the, 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 the only bummer is there's not much to see. It's just uh, dirt and flames <laughs> in this episode. Yeah, I mean. You, you you get to see a little bit of that in Rebels because in Rebels the planet isn't what it used to be. Yeah. Because the Empire just completely just decimated it, and mm. so it's in its rebuilding phase. And so I feel since it's like five years after the fall of the Empire that they probably started working on it. And so I'm kind of curious after the Night of a Thousand Tears if they've started rebuilding because you get to see a lot of what it looked like in Clone Wars. Oh, nice. And then Rebels was a little different, and then definitely different in uh, Mandalorian Season 2.5. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say, uh, when this episode came out, it was instantly my favorite of the series. And, you know, it's kind of funny. The best episode was a, was a Mandalorian episode, but... Yeah, like, I have a bunch of friends that are watching the show, and they're like, I just can't get into it. I'm like, just wait till you get to Chapter 5. It gets better. That's when it... Well, that's when I saw all the hype over the internet. It was chapter five. Yeah. Well, I, I think, I mean, you know, everybody has their own opinion, but I think that's unfair. I could definitely get into it. I, I think the show was good. It was good Star Wars. It wasn't as good as Mandalorian, but I think it was good. But the funny thing is, once you put this Mandalorian episode in there, you just see the difference in quality. Like, this was just better. In my opinion, it was just better all around. And the budget was higher. You could tell the budget's higher in this episode. Because oh, most, most of it, we've just been seeing a lot of brown and uh, yeah yeah and so this one really brought in a lot of color so it's completely different mm. not to mention mando's got a different personality so everything's different yeah and he's such an interesting character the way that they developed him oh yeah so i thought that was really cool that that's that's the other thing that um i won't say worries but you know i'm just skeptical about kenobi i, I hope uh we see a lot more than just tattoo we should get some tattooing but a lot more than just tattooing I feel there's going to be a little bit off Tatooine only because there's supposed to be the duel between Vader and Kenobi. Well, actually, they said Vader's going to be in every episode. Really? Yeah, so I just remember that right now. So I, we definitely, because, and I looked at the cast of characters too. There's all kinds of Imperial officers and um, Inquisitors. Well, I'm assuming they're Inquisitors because all these there's a bunch of characters in there. Yeah, um, I'll have to look it up. So we should be off Tatooine because the problem was you, you got Jakku. From from 
Force Awakens, and then you got this. There was a different desert planet for Rogue One, and then uh, I mean, it's just it's a, too much desert recently. Star Wars loves its desert planets. Man, they do. They do. Uh, so I mean, we'll see. Well, that's cool that they're considering having Vader in every episode. Maybe it's like Vader knows he's alive and trying to find him. He could yeah. be still trying to figure out how to mask his presence. Well, um, and what I'm hoping for now, oh. Yeah, so, I mean, just like what they did with here with uh, the Book of Boba, where they brought Amanda and brought us a whole other aspect. So I feel we might see that in Kenobi as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, this might be reading too much under the title, but they say the Book of Boba Fett. I'm reading uh, the Master and Apprentice book, and obviously Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are the only characters in the book. I mean, there's chapters with, with different, with all kinds of different characters. So, mm-hmm. I, I don't mind too much that that they show other other uh, other characters here and there. I'm just building up for a big finale. Let's bring it. Yeah, and especially when it's this good. I mean, it'd be a different story if if it's a different character and the episode sucks. But this is probably the best episode of the series. So, I'm okay yeah, with it. and I feel like it's building up for season uh, season three of Mandalorian. So. So, I mean, I'm trying to look at the bigger picture of it and kind of not letting myself go, oh, come on, this is Book of Boba, where's Boba? No, yeah. no, no. I, I, mean, I kind of look at the bigger picture here. Everything's supposed to tie in all the yeah. shows, so we'll, yeah. we'll see where it goes. 100%. Uh, what'd you think of them uh, getting rid of the, the Biscar Spear? Biscar Spear? Um, I, I liked it, but, you know, it uh, poses a few questions because... So I, I'm I'm assuming the only thing that could pierce Beskar is Beskar, right? Yeah. So I wonder how Boba got all those dents then, that dent in his helmet. Oh, I mean, some high-powered blasters, I don't know. No, I, I thought blasters and lightsabers can't touch Beskar like that, though. Uh, maybe because Ken Baden is the one that's supposed to do the dents, or I don't know. Maybe Beskar he has laser. a Beskar grenade or something, yeah, who knows. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so it'll be it'll be questions answered. I'm sure they they kind of come into that because she said that oh we got to get rid of this spear because only Biscar can pierce Biscar, but she says can pierce Biscar doesn't say it can't dent. Mm. Biscar can only, is the only thing that can pierce, which means it can go through. Huh. So I'm assuming dents can happen. Huh. And but she herself has two weapons of the scar that she uses constantly. She was training with uh, Mando with them. Yeah, I know. Yeah, what was up with that? Because her reasoning for getting rid of the spear was that it's, it's uh, you know, Mandalorian shouldn't possess that, that kind of weapon, but she was using the weapons herself, so. I don't know. I kind of feel that they're developing her to be a villain. Dude, she, hey, I got that. And, I got that vibe throughout the episode. And so she sounds very hypocritical in a lot of the stuff that she says, so it's yeah. like, oh, you can't have this Biscar spear, but I can have mine. I don't, hmm. I don't. If you turn against me, I don't want you to have something that can kill me or get through my armor. Yeah. And, but it's kind of cool what he does with the spear. He kind of makes a little thing for Grogu, which I'm not exactly sure. They kind of like tie it up in like this little handkerchief. Yeah. And it's in the form of Grogu's head, so I was just like, ah, poor Mando. He's sitting there missing the little guy. Yeah, he probably just made like a chain, uh, a chain necklace for Grogu. Yeah, that's right, because there's a lot, of, a lot of the chain pieces. Just make him dripped out. Just give him a necklace. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like a, 
a little necklace with like maybe his logo on it. I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting to kind of see what they they do with that. Oh yeah. I wonder if it's gonna happen in season three or if they're gonna do something with it here. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? It'll be. We'll see. So I mean, it's kind of cool, like moving on into it. I like how he's just taking like the public transport. Yeah. Hey, that was a funny scene too. Oh yeah, because we get to see the Star Tours droid. Yeah. No. It was, and it was funny how um, he had to get rid of all his weapons and. Uh, they do the montage of them taking out like like freaking twenty, thirty different items. Even his little uh, was it uh, little whistle whistlers or whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah. And he put the dark when he put the dark saber in there. I was like, Ooh, I don't know about that. I would hold on. That's to what that. I said. I'm like, oh, that's gonna go disappearing. Yeah, but... no, that 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 made me um, that was that was good because it made me feel like tense. I was like, man, I hope they they don't steal that. And I'm glad they didn't go with the whole. Was it redundancy of that that whole story arc? Uh, what? Wait, what? You know how like in things it's like, oh, I've got this thing. I'm gonna put it here. Up, oh, it gets stolen. Now I gotta find it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm kind of glad that they didn't do something with that. Yeah, yeah. And I thought it was really cool to see like a little baby Rodian. Yeah. Also, also, was that the first commercial flight we see in Star Wars? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. That was kind of that was kind of interesting too, but yeah, yeah. He sees the um, Rodian, the green Rodian, and then he's like, he's got a little green kid in front of him. He's like, oh, that reminds me of my my little green friend. And then he yeah. looks at he looks at the you know the whatever whatever the armor made for Grogu, and yeah. as you could, as you can see, it's tied in, in Grogu's head with the ears and stuff. That's a, that's another thing. I really liked the whole aspect that they kind of showed us a bit more civilized part of the galaxy so i really like getting to be able to see like this whole transport thing and it was kind oh, of yeah. stuck on it oh yeah and so i don't know if you noticed like when he was boarding it the first time there was a guy that was walking up the thing and he was wearing like one of the the troopers from rogue one no i, I didn't see that yeah uh well how was that trooper it was like a not a rogue trooper it was a ranger trooper the ones that hmm. solo fights on the the train. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, I didn't yeah. See so that. if you watch it again, you'll you'll notice that one of the guys is wearing a coat. So I wonder if that's like a imperial that left the empire once it fell, and he's just keeping some of his gear. Oh, or yeah. somebody just that's, found it. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. They do such a great job with a lot of the visuals. Yeah, yeah. Easter eggs and stuff, you know. Yeah, it's kind of like okay, if you notice this. Cool. If not, hopefully you'll somebody will tell you, and you're like, oh yeah, it's cool. And that's kind of yeah. I like doing this, kind of so we can kind of tell people some of the stuff they missed. Like especially yeah. like when they landed down on Mos Eisley, there's a uh, what is it called? There's an archway that was designed by Ralph McQuarrie, hmm. and we see it was originally supposed to be designed for Jabba's palace, but we ended up seeing it in a. <laughs> Uh, the Force Awakens. It's the one. It's the archway that the Falcon destroys. Okay. And so we get to see it again here. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. I like I like catching all those little little things. Yeah. Yeah, they do a good job with all that stuff. 
All right, so when he got to Mos Eisley, I was like, okay, so now he's going to somehow run into Boba. And I was like, okay, that, this is going to be cool. Instead, you get to see another Easter egg, BB-1. Oh, dude. Running through uh, Palimoto's, uh, or Palimoto, whatever you want to call her, through her little space, her little uh, garage thing. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that is BD-1 or if that's just the same type of droid. I think it's the same type of droid. I mean, it'd be cool if it was the same as Calcastus's, but yeah, I don't, I don't think it is. I, I was just going to say, um, when that happened, um, Echo 12, you know, my brother? Yeah. I was freaking out. I was like, oh my god, dude. BD-1, that was cool because I love that game. I played that game like two years ago, and um, yeah, I love that game. And he was like, I don't, who is that? I don't know. I've been trying to get him to play Fallen Order for like two years, but he loves video games. He loves Star Wars, but he won't play Fall in Order. I don't know why. Ooh, I'm gonna have to text him and tell him to watch uh, to play it. Yeah, and and, and especially I asked the Fall in Order come, two coming out. Yes, dude. And I asked him. I was like, why? And and he said because he doesn't, he doesn't like single player games anymore. So we're gonna have to roast him I about used... that. Yeah. All right, all right. Echo Twelve, if you're listening, I, I used to be the same way. I, I got stuck on multiplayer games for a while, but it's nice to play single player games every now and then. Yeah, yeah, come on. We're going we're going to get him on especially, that. Especially especially the Star Wars, man. Star Wars. Yeah. Battle of the Star Wars. Yeah. Star Wars special. Come on. And it's actually a, I was surprised how quick the the game was. So, I'm kind of hoping quick, yeah. Fall, yeah. Fallen Order 2 is a little bit quicker. Or not quicker. I mean, uh, longer. longer, longer. Yeah. It's probably uh, I, top 5 might be overstating, but it's certainly a top 10 uh, Star Wars game of all time. Uh, I'd probably say yeah, but I mean, it's got a lot. It's got a lot of potential. Yeah. For, because it's supposed to be a trilogy, so it's a good setup for the the next two. I, I hope that um, Kestis dies. I love Cal Kestis, but I hope he dies before original trilogy. Yeah, I mean, that's one of my problems is that they keep talking about, oh yeah, this Jedi existed, but they're just hiding. And then now we're starting to see the story. So I'm like, exactly. okay, well, why did they why exactly. did they jump up with the rebellion? Yeah, no, that's exactly right. I mean, and that's the one thing I don't like about um even Ahsoka. I mean, I know people love Ahsoka, but it kinda it just bugs me when there's all these Jedi around during the original trilogy. That doesn't really work within within those movies, in my opinion. I think they kinda do, a little bit of a trauma. Trauma? Like yeah, like Kanan didn't really want to he he refused to join the rebellion until Ezra and Hera forced him into it. And you, mm. you haven't seen Rebels, but that's one of the big points. Is Kanan is Jedi Knight. He lives through the destruction of the Order sixty six. Whenever he saw mm. the clone, he got anxious. When he met Rex, he True. him and Rex True. argued a lot. And so they're kind of pushing. Okay, let's join the rebellion. And so like, Kanan's like, no, it's not my battle. He's like, the Jedi are done. And I think that's kind of a mentality with a lot of the Jedi is that they just have so much trauma through Order 66 that they're just like, okay, well, I'm constantly being hunted. The moment the Empire is everywhere, so the moment I become known, I become a target. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure they had uh, Inquisitors hunting them down and whatnot. Yeah, and so I think that was kind of one of the biggest things why we don't see any. And that's why you got Luke, who comes through, who's like, I didn't live through Order 66. He's like, what's this Jedi thing? I'm the son of Vader. Yeah. All right. But but you have... Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Yeah. I was just say, you do have dialogue um, from, you know, Obi-Wan and Luke saying, you know, he's our last hope. He's our only hope. 
and then they say there's another you know there's leia but yeah. I, I feel like just during those movies certainly by the when he, when lucas was right writing those movies i definitely think he meant for the only jedi left to be obi-wan luke and possibly leia and yoda i mean at the time yeah i'm sure but you can still work canon with other jedi big rounds you can just say that they're too much too coward or just don't want to be targets or the force was getting them in different directions to where luke and leia were the the ones that were gonna be the, the game changers yeah, so I think at the time they were intentionally supposed to be that, but I mean, you can easily rework the canon. Um, yeah, I just want to say uh, I I agree 100%. They could definitely work it in, but just back to our original point, we we just don't want it to get to be where there's like, you know, uh, 30 Jedi left at that time. That that would be that wouldn't work. It needs to be very a very few amount. Yeah, like it could make sense. Like she she renounced the Jedi Order, so she's just like, yep, nope. I'll, she helped with the rebellion as Fulcrum, but she's trying not to be too helpful. Yeah. I mean, she didn't, even during the time that uh, Return of the Jedi, she was still on, uh, what was it? The planet that they, in Rebels. Mm. And just kind of just protected that planet, but the Empire never returned there after the after Thrawn was defeated. Yeah. And she just stayed there with Sabine. And so I'm sure there's some other Jedi that just felt more protectors of certain areas yeah and um and you know we got we got some fans that really want to see mace Windu come back but man i really hope he doesn't yeah i don't want to see him yeah i mean god it's like it's gonna be like dragon balls it's gonna be like dragon ball z everybody can come back whenever death doesn't mean anything (laughs) yeah exactly and they kind of did that with fennec they're like oh yeah fennec can get her Damn, yeah, I forgot about that. I mean, which isn't as bad as Vader. Vader's basically a complete machine at this point. Yeah. And Grievous is actually the only organ he has was his heart, I think it was. Once he got here on Moss Eisley, just to jump back on track, uh, Mm. I thought the rest of the episode was going to be with Boba Fett. I was not expecting the next 12 minutes of him rebuilding a ship. Yeah, I love that stuff though. Also, I also love that uh, the lady—I forget her name—but the girl, probably Mata. See, I'm torn between her. I don't know if she's a little too much or if she's just right. Oh, I like her. I think she's great. I think she's funny. Yeah, it's like his comedy with the beast, where the beast gets her, Amanda comes in, shoots it, and she's like, "Perfect, hey, you know how to make an entrance." And yeah. then he comes in and is like, "Oh, you got that shit? The replacement for the the Razor Crest?" She's like. What are you talking about? You said that there's... Oh, yeah, yeah, I did say that. I did say that. And then he tosses your money. And she's like, mind if I count it? No, I don't trust you. Just don't want, want you paying me too much. Yeah. And then her little comment about Gregor, she's like, oh, I could have opened up a petting zoo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, you know, she dated a Jawa. Remember? Yeah, furry little creatures. <laughs> yeah. No, she's funny. I, I think she has... It's the right kind of humor for Star Wars, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it didn't feel as forced as it did in uh, The Last Jedi. Oh, no, not at all. No, uh, the, the Last Jedi was trying to mimic the Marvel stuff, which doesn't work for Star Wars. Yeah, and a lot of the stuff that they've been doing in Mandalorian, like a lot of the subtle humor matches a lot with the originals. Oh, yeah. So I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. So, biggest nod to the prequels here. The N1's Naboo Starfighter. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know if a lot of people uh, notice uh, knew about this, but it's kind of like a 
uh, what you call it, a nod to one of George Lucas's other films, uh, American Graffiti. Mm. Uh, in that one, they they did a famous hot rod that was yellow and turned it into something similar to what they did in uh, with this, with like the metallic look. Mm-hmm. And so they took a hot rod, turned it into a metallic look, and they kind of took this yellow starfighter and turned it into a hot rod style ship. Mm. At first, yeah. I was like, okay. I was kind of like in the same mindset of Mando. I'm like, yeah, let me have my money back. Let me get something a little bit better. I'm a bounty hunter. Come on. Where am I going to put my bounties? Mm. Well, I, I think this alludes to the fact that we're not going to see Mando doing a lot of mercenary work in uh, season three. Because there, I mean, there's it's it's a single uh, a single occupancy ship. You can't you can't fit anybody in there. Yeah, exactly. Except there's no droid port now, so it's designed for Grogu. So I'm assuming Grogu's yeah. gonna come back with them at some point. Yeah, but besides Grogu, but I think this kind of solidifies the fact that season three is gonna be focused on maybe ruling Mandalore or something. But he's not a bounty hunter anymore. He can't be a bounty yeah. hunter with that ship. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I think that they're leaning towards him not being a bounty hunter anymore. Yeah, and man, this ship looks beautiful in this episode. Something Mandalorian just does so well is it takes any any era of Star Wars, like even maybe people from my mom's generation, they they didn't prefer the prequels, but when she, when she when she saw the ship in this episode, she was like, "Damn, that that's cool." Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, like uh, the Naboo Starfighter used to be one of my favorite ships from the prequels. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, especially in uh there was a game on GameCube called Rogue Squadron and you can unlock the Starfighter as a secret ship. Nice. And, uh, oh, I did. Nice. I jumped in Luke's T sixteen's uh uh Skyhopper and went and shot some romp rats with it and <laughs> beat beat the score to be able to unlock that thing. Nice. Yeah. And it was pretty um, it's pretty sick. Flies really nice too. Yeah, that, I mean, when they when they were making the ship, it immediately made me want to watch uh, Phantom Menace. Yeah, it, it made me want to watch it too. Uh, oh, I don't know if you noticed, uh, one of the pieces, it was uh, the metal bar that the Jawas bring. Yep, yeah, this is a huge Easter egg. Yeah, it's from the Death Star Trash Compactor in uh, New Hope. Yeah, yeah, that was sick. So also, that was pretty dope. Also, I'm sure you noticed, but maybe some people uh, didn't notice this. When when Mando takes it out for a spin, when he takes the ship out for a test run, the uh, well, I think everybody knew. Noticed yeah, this. yeah. Just make sure the the route he took was was the same route as uh, as the pod race scene from Phantom Menace. Dude, I'm not gonna lie. Like the pod racing scenes were very boring for me. It was what? cool the first time. I, they they were cool the first. They were cool the first time I saw them, but every time I see them now, it's like okay. Let's, I already know what's going to happen, so let's just get past this and get to the rest of the story. Yeah. And yeah. But when Mando took the same route, I'm like, oh, that's the same route that they took. Okay. This, <laughs> yeah. This is the pod racing thing. Isn't that funny? No, this how is Mando- pod racing. Mandalorian. Yeah, no, this is pod racing. Um, Mandalorian just can make, you know, can make anything cool, pretty much. True. Very true. Uh, I don't know. I'm, he's just a cool cool character and i just think the way that filoni and fabro are just really like telling the story i think it's pretty sick yeah it just works yeah but i'm a lot higher on phantom menace than i'm sure a lot of people are i have phantom menace at like an eight out of ten or something i love that movie eight out of ten huh all right yeah 
<laughs> I'm I, sure. I'd give, it, I'd yeah. give it like a seven. It's my least favorite of the prequels, but like I said, after Clone Wars, I have a lot more respect for the prequels because it develops the characters more. And yeah. This is a, I don't know, it's just a lot better. Yeah, I think Phantom Menace is... I've always liked that movie. I think it's pretty good. I don't know, it's just really cool. I just liked what they did here. Again, I was not expecting 12 minutes of him building a ship and test driving it, but I'm not that upset about it. I think it was fun. Yeah, no, it was cool. And then also, you know, when he takes it up into space, remember he gets stopped by the Rebels? The Rebel pilots? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, both of those both of those have been... Both those actors have been in previous episodes. They have, yeah. And uh, get the captain over the radio as well. Yeah, yeah, the um, the captain, he was, I think he was in Mando season two. And then the, the young kid, he actually plays Luke. He's the body double for Luke. Oh, that's right. That's right. And uh, they're, they're questioning Mando, and then Mando's like, all right, we good here? And then he, he uh, he's out of there. Just, yeah, he just takes off. Yeah, takes off. Um, and then, like, uh, oh, should we report this? I don't know. Do you want to spend the rest of your day writing reports back at the office? <laughs> no, we're good. Yeah, true. I like how the, what's his face, the captain is always running into Mando and going, hey, are you this guy? Are you this guy from this? Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. You didn't happen to own a Razor Crest, did you? Yeah. Oh, no, that was a long time ago. Yeah, different guy, different guy. Whatever. And yeah. Oh, dude, when he flies by the transport, we have a uh, little Rodian. He, he, uh, whatchamacallit, he says, Inka Bunga, which is Hatis very incredible. Hmm, really? Yeah, so a little bit of translation for you guys, a lot of listening. Just little, some little cool, cool nice. things uh, yeah, to make it more sick. fun. So, so if you watch the episode again, you'll see the little kid, like, Inka Bunga, and you're like, oh, yeah, that means incredible. The kid's saying <laughs> incredible when he sees Mando. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, the, the whole, uh, all the scenes when he's flying this new ship, man, it's like, it really is movie quality, dude. It looks so yeah. good. I think you're right. Like, this whole episode felt like a movie. Felt like it had the budget of a movie. Oh, yeah. The quality was just solid. Yeah. It was a great episode. So, yeah, like, him just flying that ship was just phenomenal. Like, everything about it, like, especially BD-1. The quality of BD-1 was pretty solid. Oh, yeah. Or the BD yeah. unit, I should say. Not BD-1, the BD unit. It wasn't the same color, though. I'm pretty sure it was the same color as BD-1, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, but... That's true. I mean, like, you see other RT units that are not the same color, but there's only so, so, so many modifications you can do to something that makes it look yeah. different, so... Yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily BD-1, but... Yeah, you're, you're right. It looks great in uh, live action. It, it makes me want a BD unit. I was actually yeah. looking on Amazon to find one. I found this Lego one that... Looks kind of cool, but I want kind of like an actual model one. I was looking on Etsy, and there's like 200 bucks, and that's just a kit. I'm like, ah, maybe sometime down the line, I'll, I'll be willing to toss that. Or yeah. hopefully Disney or will start making some product out of it. Because mm. him and R2 are probably my favorites of the droids. Let's see. Um, yeah, well, I mean, if we're doing any droids, or are we just doing any droids at all, I'm, I'm taking the... What is it, K2? K2 so. Yeah, those are okay. Fair enough, fair enough. I think that'd be kind of a fun uh, topic that we can throw into another podcast later. We can talk about, like, get a few different uh, things and kind of, like, pick our favorites of the, the areas. 
Yeah. You could do like yeah. droids, ships. Yeah. Eras. Ooh, yeah. That'd be a fun, be a fun they, one. They they made the Naboo uh yeah, we could do ships too. That'd be a good topic. Uh so once you finish your sign the 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 ship and he lands down. So I felt how she handled and just the way that he delivered the word wizard. <laughs> it's so much so much cool than uh what is this kit from uh the Phantom Menace. Yeah. Yeah, that was sick. And the way that Anakin says it. <laughs> yeah. Because Anakin, Anakin says it on on screen, and then Kip says it in a deleted scene. Yeah. And so, but, bro, anything Mando it, does is just cool. Yeah, anything Mando do, does is cool. It's just directed better, I think. Because mm. I used to think Wizard was kind of like I used to just joke around going Wizard or whatever, just mocking it. Now it's like I want to say it like this, like it's an actual thing. Like, all right, it's cool. It's cool now. Yeah. Like I say it at work a few times now. Like my coworkers kind of start me. So what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> Actually, most of my coworkers uh, make fun of me because uh, I'm a supervisor. What I do at my job, right? And so we mm-hmm. have these radios. And so anytime somebody's talking to me on the radio, I'll always respond with Roger, Roger. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> and so everybody comes up to me and they're just like, everybody that has a radio, they'll mimic me and say Roger, Roger. The there's one guy in our HR department. He goes, he's like. Hey, what's up, Roger Roger? Oh my gosh. Man, you don't, don't got any, up. you don't got any fellow Star Wars fans at, at work? Uh I do. Uh hmm. Echo Echo Five works with me. Uh and then a couple of my other buddies work with me. And then some of my other employees, they're big Star Wars fans, and so we sit there and talk about it every now and then. Oh no, Echo Five is uh kind of your co partner for the for the Instagram page, right? Uh Echo Five, yeah. Him and I run it. Nice. He's uh the That's other co cool. yeah. Nice. That's cool. And hopefully one thing I do want to do eventually is uh, start pulling some of our followers on under the podcast, just kind of like interview them, kind of find out their their Star Wars story. Yeah. I want to do a couple episodes with that or just bring them on and as kind of like just a little bit just to kind of like discuss. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I think it'd be a lot of fun because I, I love talking to Star Wars fans. There's a, oh, yeah. Everybody has like a different story that got them into it. Like uh, one of my buddies, oh, one of my coworkers actually, his name's Jesus. He was mm-hmm. telling me he was sort of a Star Wars fan, but once he got went to Galaxy's Edge, he just became obsessed with it. <laughs> that's wow. How he got, that's how that's how he really pulled himself into Star Wars because of Galaxy's Edge. Wow. And so it's always interesting on what different things pull people in. Yeah, that's a first. I've never heard of that. That's, that's yeah, crazy. same. Yeah, it's a very unique story, and I thought it was really cool. Yeah, that was cool. Um, but, but yeah, uh, jump back on topic. That's, uh, man, uh, I was going to say Mandalorian season three, but, uh, the book of Boba chapter five. Yeah. That's and, pretty much the whole thing. Yeah. At the very end, we get, we get the pull into the episode. Yeah. When Phoenix shows up. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I, somebody was coming here looking for you. Uh, I told her you weren't here. I didn't know where you were. I put all the security stuff on the, around the hangar so nobody can get in. Hey, what's up, Mando? Oh, crap. How'd you get in here? Yeah. <laughs> and then she's talking about pulling in. And he's like, oh, it's from Bubba? He's like, I'll do it for free. But first, yeah. I, I got to go see a little a little guy. I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me, man. It's like, honestly, I love this episode, but it's the book of Bubba. And I was like, he better not be going to see Grogu the next episode. I really hope not. Cause Why? Why not? 
Because it's the Book of Boba. Like, I feel like mm. the first four episodes were building towards something. And now mm. we have a whole episode without uh, Boba. And then I feel like we're going to get most of an episode without Boba. And then the story is just not consistent. Yeah. But like I said earlier, everything's building up to something. So, so I mean, if they do it right, I won't be as disappointed. But I just got to look at the bigger picture. I just it can't be so short-sighted. Yeah. And I think, well, it, it that also, happened a lot with okay. the sequels. I was yeah. going say, that happened a lot with the sequels. Like, we saw The Force Awakens, and everybody was, like, getting pissed. Like, who's right? Who's Snoke? Why didn't they tell them about it now? Like, everybody thinks that everything should be a standalone. Mm. And there's a lot of impatience with that. And I was like, guys, it's a trilogy. We're going to get all the answers. We're going to get the story told. You just got to be patient with it. And that's kind of how I feel I need to be with the Book of Boba and the Mandalorian Season 3. I feel there's a bigger story that's going on. We're, they're kind of setting up the Pike Syndicate. And we're going to kind of see their hand in the the whole galaxy. Yeah. Well, um, I did like when Mando, first of all, when he said, uh, it's on the house. Okay, you don't got to pay me. I'm going to help yeah. my brother out. I thought that was yeah. sick. But, yeah, but I, I, it does suck that seven episodes, you know. I feel like there's so much, you know, what's the point of, of all this? There's so much to wrap up. But, so. I mean, maybe Boba's going to help Mando take over Mandalore. Maybe this is to show how Boba got his little group that's going to assist Mando in his mission. Mm. Yeah. Because he's going to need more help later on. Because you got Bo-Katan and her two, two guys. Yeah. Not to mention... I don't know if Sabine will be involved, but then you got Mando, and then Boba and Fennec, and then I'm sure Boba's going to pull his family in after he acquires them. And so I think it's just building something up for season three. That's just my own opinion. I could be wrong, but if I was telling the story, I think that would make a little more sense. Yeah, and Kersantan, too. Kersantan's on... uh... Oh, that's right, Kersantan. Forgot about him. Yeah. Uh... And it's really cool. And I'm kind of messed up with the name. His name is Kitster, not Kip. Mm. Anakin's Who's... little friend. Oh, okay. Kits... okay. Yeah. He's like, the she uh, says, that pod looks so wizard, Annie. Oh, uh, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, I was calling him Kip earlier, but I was just reading a thing. It's... The kid's name is uh, Kitster. Mm. Nice. But it's pretty cool. Really enjoyed this episode. A lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I think this is the, the best episode so far. I have to give Bryce Dallas Howard a big thumbs up. I really would love to see her do some more stuff. Because I know she did episodes 4 and 11 of The Mandalorian. And she's the daughter of Ron Howard. And Ron Howard does a lot of lot of really good stuff. Because I yeah. know he did uh, Sola, a Star Wars story. Yeah. Um, wait, which one was which 11? I... I'm trying to think for Mandalorian. Uh, let's see, 11. Uh, it doesn't say what season. I think it was season two for sure. Yeah, I just don't remember the episode. She did a uh, sanctuary and the heiress. Hmm. And so the heiress, I think, was the episode right before. They, I don't know actually. Yeah, I don't know either. But I mean, this episode was fire. So. Oh, yeah, the heiress is uh, when Bo-Katan first shows up. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a good episode. And Sanctuary was... Uh, let's see, let's Sanctuary is when they meet... Uh... Boba Fett, I think. Right? 
No, it's it's when they meet. Uh, what's her name? G- Gianna Carano, whatever character her her name is. Oh no, it was chapter it was chapter four. Chapter four. Hmm. Yeah, it's season two, I believe. Oh, season two. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but. Oh no no no. Okay no you're you're right. It's actually season one. Uh, this is a uh, where uh, blah blah they blah, blah, uh Mando helps that little village. Yeah yeah. And, that's, that's when you meet yeah. Gina Carano. Yeah, for the first time. Yeah. Yeah yeah. Okay, so she does an episode in season one, and then an episode in season two. Yeah. And both yeah. of them are. I like both of them really well. Yeah, good episodes. So, I'm looking forward to Chapter 6. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the next two episodes are probably going to be very key to the rest of the story. Yep, I'm assuming we see, uh, you know, at the end of this episode, he says, i got to go see my friend. My little friend, he says. Yeah, as much as I'm not going to like it, I think he's going to go see Grogu. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Uh <clears throat> But that wraps it up for Chapter 5. I know we kind of wanted to discuss. There's a post we did on Instagram. Yeah. We kind of want to discuss just a little bit, just kind of get our thoughts out. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole thing of... Let me go to that post. Padawan Kenobi versus... Uh, I'd say Mando Luke. Or was it Return of the Jedi Luke? Yeah, Padawan Obi versus Mando Luke. Luke Skywalker, Mando, that's right. Uh, yeah. Uh, can you hear me, Mark? I can hear you, yeah. Okay. Uh, you were cutting out for just a sec. Oh, yeah, no worries. I'll move my phone to another spot. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm very surprised with all the, with all the Obi-Wan comments. I think it was probably about 50-50, but I thought Luke was going to dominate. Yeah, I thought so too, but I mean, you gotta look at it this way. Obi-Wan Kenobi, he trained during a period when the Jedi, there's other Jedi that were actually skilled and masterful in the arts of the, the Force and saber combat. Mm-hmm. I mean, Obi-Wan was able to defeat Anakin, who was stronger in the Force, but I mean, the dark side kind of blinded him and made him kind of cocky, I would say. Yeah. But... Obi-Wan, I don't know, especially, but at the same time, I'm like, this is, this is Padawan Obi-Wan. We're not talking about post-Clone Wars yet. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, this guy does take down Darth Maul. He does. Who technically does. is also a, who technically also is a Padawan. Whereas we don't know how much Luke has been trained by other Jedi. Obi-Wan's been training since he was, like, a kid. Since a baby. Mm. Yeah. Luke, since he was, like, 19. And right now he's probably like what twenty five, twenty six. Yeah. I mean, so Obi Wan has a little bit more training on on his on his end. He's got more training, yeah. but the big thing for Luke is just the Skywalker blood. That is true. Yeah. I mean, he's he's Anakin's kid. I feel like he's I feel like Luke's like a master at this point. When we see him in Mandalorian, um, I feel like he's a Jedi master. The way he takes down I mean, those uh, those dark troopers. Come on. I think Obi Wan would have been able to do that too. Yeah, maybe in my opinion not as flawlessly, but he probably still would have won. 
But because uh, I mean, even when you read Master and Apprentice, you can kind of pull that in where Obi Wan was a little bit more stickler. Like he focused more on combat and training, where he didn't really want to stay in the libraries with Qui Gon. Qui Gon was more of the librarian. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone was like, nah, I gotta I gotta learn all this other stuff. Learning about the history of the forest and these things that are questionable. I sh- there's the other thing they could be focusing on. Yeah. I mean, I, I forgot which one what was your uh final decision for this one? I was gonna say Luke, but okay. I'm definitely gonna defend Obi Wan as much as I can because I think I think he has a good chance against him. Yeah. Uh, I, I, of course, I say Luke too. Um, I mean, in my opinion, I, I put I put Luke more more on the level of like Revenge of the Sith Obi Wan. I, I feel like this is a dub for Luke. Yeah, I'd say that too. I mean, like he even I don't know how much the Force Ghost really kind of like involved themselves in his training. Yeah, but I feel Force Ghost Obi Wan and Force Ghost Yoda took on a lot of training with Luke. Maybe even Qui Gon shows up to help him. Yeah, yeah, and hey, one thing both these characters have in common is they're so, so, in uh, so far in the light. There's like no dark side in these like in these guys. They're they're very light, light side. If that makes any sense. Uh, I would actually no. I would say Luke has more dark side in him. Hmm. Why is that? Like, and because you read the comics, like there's a, there's a one key spot that I saw in the comic where Luke walks into a room and this imperial officer throws a thermal detonator on him luke just picks it up and throws it back at him and blows them all up oh <laughs> shit yeah yeah well that's so, pretty, I mean, that's pretty badass i mean the the thing with luke is that luke is not tied down by the jedi order like he even mentioned in the last jedi quote unquote that the jedi order were arrogant and they had a lot of flaws and we see that luke is kind of they're kind of building luke in the comics to be more of a wise Jedi and uh, spoiler alert guys we have seen chapter six we recorded this after chapter six so I'm gonna throw in some chapter six uh spoilers because uh, what we've seen in even chapter six that we see Luke training Grogu that Luke is portraying more of the Jedi order persona and oh, yeah. I think by the time we get to the last Jedi Luke is realizing that a lot of those teachings while valid are a little suppression of the full power of the force. Yeah. Because Luke has tampered in the dark side a few times. Even Return of the Jedi, he did. Mm-hmm. He did it at the Jedi Temple when he did the force choke, and then he did it, he used it against Vader. And then mm-hmm. throughout the comics, we see small little acts that a Jedi wouldn't normally do, but Luke's not held back by those. Yeah. I mean, and his comment, I mean, it's all, you can't have attachments. You know, you can't have, basically, you can't be attached to your friends, your family. If you're a Jedi, but I think a, a por- an important distinction that Luke probably learns after Book of Boba Fett is that it's not the attachments that lead to the dark side; it's the fear of losing them. You can have yeah, the attach. You can have the attachments, but not the back. Yes, exactly. Because I mean, he has his attachment to Luke, uh, not Luke. Uh, he has his attachment to Leia, Han, Chewie, even R two. Like he has mm. these attachments that I'm sure he's struggling with. Mm. And so it makes me really curious on, because like honestly, I don't like the the idea that they did with Luke in the Last Jedi, but I can see how he's viewing the Jedi Order 
now and trying to teach the way they did. Yeah. And how he starts to repeat some of the same mistakes that the Jedi Order did and how it, become, how it becomes flawed. Yeah. But I also don't see Luke as the type of person that would just completely turn himself into a hermit at that point. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, you, you, don't wanna like, me, you don't want to get me started on this, but... No, no, no. This will be another, well, this will be another discussion. Yeah. Because I don't want to be a sequel hater, but I, I can, I can kind of see... I can see both sides of it. Yeah. It just well. Luke didn't match the vision that I had in the sequels. But what they're doing here in the Book of Boba and Mandalorian, that's the vision I had for Luke. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. So, so I don't know. I think Padawan Kenobi would hand, handle Luke pretty well. But I think ultimately, because Luke's not held back by the same views as Obi-Wan that Luke would come out on top. Oh yeah. Decent fight. Decent fight. It's not like Obi-Wan is a pushover in uh, Phantom Menace, but I think I'm definitely giving the dub to Luke, but I think it'd be a good fight. But I mean, I would say Obi-Wan even dabbled in the dark side. Once he saw Qui-Gon get stabbed, he just let in all his anger out. Oh yeah. I think that's what I think that's what made him defeat uh Darth Maul. Yeah, that's true. He went full on ra- rage mode on that one, huh? Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, good fight. A lot of different things to play in. Oh yeah, definitely. But definitely comment below, guys. Tell us what you guys think. Give us some of uh, your thoughts on who you think would win. Jump on our Instagram. Uh, we do a lot of cool discussions there as well. Um, but again, guys, please be sure to like and comment. It helps people find us better when there is more activity and share with your friends. Uh, it'll help boost us so we can get more views and we can. Continue to, I mean, either way, we're still continuing to throw out things, but we want to get more connection with you guys and be able to have more interaction. Uh, also, be sure to check out the links in the description where you can find our Discord, where you can chat with other fans like yourselves and discuss the mysteries of the Star Wars universe. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram where we continue to post updates and news. If you're looking for some new shirts that shows your love of Star Wars, then we have you covered. We have some designs that we worked on and know you will love. So check out our Teespring. May the Force be with you. Always. Echo two out. Echo three out.